this is Jude Knoll, and you're listening to the Norse Up Podcast, a production for NKU by NKU to highlight the expertise of our university's faculty and staff. As usual, I'm joined by my co-host, Clayton Castle. This week's guest, Dr. Christine Curran, is stopping by to discuss one of her own areas of specialization, air pollution and its effects on the body and brain, a particularly hot topic in the wake of wildfires and air quality alerts nationwide. Dr. Curran is Director of Neuroscience and a Professor of Biological Sciences at NKU, where she has taught for nearly a decade. In addition to her research on developmental neurotoxicity as it relates to pollution, she also leads courses like Intro to Biology, Human Anatomy, and Environmental Toxicology on campus. Chris, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. Uh, To start, let's talk about you first. Uh, What initially sparked your interest in this particular field of study? I grew up in the Cleveland area, uh, and we actually did a, a little history for environmental toxicology. They don't know that we lived in a time without an environmental protection agency, without a Clean Air Act, without a Clean Water Act. I did. And guess what? My lung function is like someone who pack, smokes two packs of cigarettes a day. Um, so yes, now we know that if you're affected growing up, you lose lung function for life. Um, so I definitely have a personal interest and in then living in the Cincinnati area where we raised three daughters, big soccer playing town. Um, one of the biggest areas for soccer, youth soccer in the country, and now MLS, of course. Um, There wasn't a team I coached that didn't have an asthmatic on it. And when you see a seven-year-old, their babysitter forgot uh, their inhaler, you worry. I'm a mom, I worry. Now I'm a grandma, I worry even more. So it's it's been a personal interest seeing it, how it affects people. And obviously, once you have children, you worry about the next generation. So I always say the most important work on earth is taking care of the next generation. That's, that's really what this is about. Seems like, at least in the United States, we're more aware of air pollution this year than usual with wildfires and poor air quality alerts all over the news in recent months. In general, what is the cause of this trend? So a lot of it does go back to climate change uh, and the warming environment. So one of the the maps I like to show is when those air quality alerts come out, um, you're, you're orange or you're red, and my goodness, we were even purple in this area, which is like, everyone go hide. Um, and they're earlier. And they're later. So you used to think of it as a June, July, August problem. But as it's warming and we're having 90 degree days in September, where we used to just enjoy that crisp, cool fall weather, it exacerbates the problem. It's lasting longer. So that's one of the key problems. And then why do we have all the wildfires? Well, insects can now move. I just got back from Alaska Forests are decimated by insects that normally would die off in cold winters. And so north of Fairbanks, there was a ring of fire uh, on the map and um, that smoke came down. So I experienced, again, very similar to what we experienced down here with the Canadian wildfires. Um, so you're, you're getting hit by the insects, they weaken the trees. And then of course you have the other problem where in many areas of the tropics, they are chopping down the forest, literally burning them to create more land for agriculture, which compounds the problem. You talked a little bit in your, after the first question about how, um, the poor air pollution or the poor air quality affects our health. Um, you know, during the summer, during the poor air quality days, 
Um, I would go play pickleball. I'm a huge pickleball player. I play once or twice a week. And during those days, I would only be able to play maybe one game, maybe two before I was out of breath. Whereas when I played last week and the air quality was somewhat decent, um, I was able to play seven games without <laughs> without any, you know, any problems. So talk a little bit about how exactly poor air quality affects our health. So your body is trying to protect itself. So that's our immune system. We we know all about that, right? You get we get vaccines to bolster our immune response, but we have this general inflammatory response. So why do we sneeze? Because there's debris in our nose. So it gets trapped. We sneeze it out. We cough it out. Um, but when these fine particles get deep in the lungs, and that's the trouble, the, the smaller they are, the farther into the body they travel. So now you have your immune system is trying to protect you. But just like if you have a burn or a scrape and you see that inflammation and it hurts, now picture that happening where you're supposed to be getting oxygen in and getting rid of carbon dioxide. So if you're less effective at getting oxygen into your circulation, of course, you got winded. Um, and again, if there's irritation even in the upper airways, uh, which we know from infections, you're having a similar situation where your body is just trying to get rid of the bad stuff that doesn't belong there. So you tend to cough more, sneeze more. And again, if air exchange isn't effective, um, you're, you're going to be out of gas and no pickleball today. Does the poor air quality and air pollution affect more than just breathing? Absolutely. Now, we traditionally just thought of it as a lung disorder, increased risk of asthma. And then we had the Cincinnati Children's Allergy and Air Pollution Study, CAPS, and this has been going on now for many years. And they, along with others, have understood that when you're affected, yes, you might have a higher incidence of asthma, higher rates of allergies, um, wheezing, um, early in life, but now they're following them and they're seeing effects on the brain. These pollutants also, because where do they go? They're, they're going to go to the heart and you can have increased risks of heart disease. So it's many different targets. So the finer the particles, and that's, we worry about this PM 2.5, which are tiny. And then there's the ones that we don't even regulate yet, the ultrafines. Um, they can set up these inflammatory processes elsewhere in the body and lead to some, some pretty severe consequences. And what can we do to protect ourselves and in more of like a general sense, prevent more air pollution? Hey, Dr. Boyce and I carpool and hybrids, okay? I mean, little stuff adds up, all right? If you can take tank, if you can walk that short distance... But you can also advocate. One of the problems we have is we allowed developers to build subdivisions without sidewalks. So again, I'm a mom. Moms worry. Parents don't want their kids walking in the street, so they tend to drive them. Um, corner of my street, there's almost always two or three cars where they were driven to the bus stop because it's safer. So demanding... it. A walking trail is what they call it now, right? We Oh, our, we have amenities. We have walking trails. No, demand it. Insist on it. That part of our transportation budget be spent on things that were the norm when I was growing up. You didn't have a house without a sidewalk. Right. 
So you walk to school and we know, and same thing with bike safety. So if you do that, that actually improves your overall health, reduces obesity. We have an obesity epidemic. All of these things aggravate what the pollution is doing, but it also reduces the amount of pollution. And what research are you specifically doing right now with regard to air pollution? So what we want to understand is how your genetic differences affect your susceptibility. I think we all agree, as well-intentioned as we are, the pollution doesn't go away tomorrow. We can change a law, but it doesn't change the pollution coming out of the trucks and the cars and the, the coal-fired power plants. But if we can find those who are most susceptible because their enzymes are a little different or they don't work as effectively, then we can target public health interventions um, in a way that might be cost-effective. We're also looking, we already know some of the genes that make you more susceptible. Um, we're trying interventions, something really simple. Nope, we use mice, they can't play pickleball, but they can run on wheels. <laughs> so we put them in exercise wheels for an hour a day and they love it because it's something different and then we have the control. And now we're doing the test to see, does that improve their learning and memory? Does that reduce their stress level? Um, does that improve their motor function, which you would expect? And what does it do to their blood pressure, their hearts, um, and their weight? So the we just had our Heather Bullen research celebration. So a couple of my summer students funded through UR STEM and um, one of our soccer players, our, our goalie, Michaela Kowalski, is working on this. Um, we did see differences in their weight over time. So just one hour a day, good for us. It was good for their mice. The weights were significantly lower over time. We're still looking at the blood pressure. Their heart rates were also lower, which is a good um, indicator of, of good heart cardiovascular health. Dr. Curran, thank you for coming on the Northside Podcast. Well, thank you. It was a lot of fun. I, I hope people take the message to heart. We we can do it. We really can. You might have seen Dr. Curran on um, a lot of the news outlets here in town. She did a lot of interviews over the summer on the air quality alerts. She is one of the leading experts in air pollution in the greater Cincinnati area. So I personally want to thank you for all the hard work that you've done to get the word out um, and really putting NKU in a good light over the summer. And the students. And the students. <laughs> yeah, I visited your lab over the summer, and you, your students were hard at work. You know, their <laughs> campus was pretty dead during the summer, except for your students in that lab. Uh, they're wonderful. I, I hit the century mark in the last year. I've had over 100 come through. Wow. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> this has been Dr. Chris Curran, Director of Neuroscience and Professor of Biological Sciences here at Northern Kentucky University. This has been another episode of the North Sub Podcast. As always, follow the podcast on social media at NKUEDU on Twitter, or sorry, on X, formerly known as Twitter, and at Northern Kentucky University on Facebook. And be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If we're not there, hit us up and we will get on there. We will be back next week with an awesome new guest, awesome new episode. Until then, North Sub. Up.